What's up, family? You know what time it is. Big O, Crush, Big L. This is the In the Black Podcast, a special episode of the In the Black Podcast. We have a very special guest tonight to help us make sense of a lot of things that we've had a lot of questions about. Uh, but before we get into that, if you are checking this out on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, finesse that thing. It helps goes a long way. Make sure you hit that big red record to the YouTube. Excuse me, that's a record. Hit that big red subscribe. A <laughs> Hoping that a VCR niggas don't know how to work that shit. But anyway, so hit that, hit I got that tape still. So I mean. <laughs> hit that subscribe button so that the next video shows up in your boxes. Listen, man, you don't went from box to. Hey, I know, listen, I know. We're going down a lane that is going, going down to a lane. <laughs> Follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But if you want to join the family, L, please tell our good friends here how they can do that if they want to do that. Hey, man, head on over to our website, www.intheblackpdcst. Yeah, yeah, dot com, in the black podcast.com. Everything is a dot com nowadays. Just go ahead over, click it. There's a tab there that says become family tab. There are two primary ways that you can actually join the family. Uh, one is donating directly through Cash App, dollar sign in the black PDCST. I need y'all to get y'all weighed up a little bit, come through a little bit more often. Uh, but, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about y'all another time. But hey, another phenomenal way of becoming a part of the family is becoming one of our Patreons. One of our patrons. Let me say that right because y'all be trying to talk bad about me on the low, and I can fight. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I got hands and feet and guns, so you could be <laughs> become a member of our Patreon account, be one of our patrons, and there you can get access to behind the scenes footage, man, the off the cuff segment, which is absolutely raw, unfiltered beautiful yes, in so many different ways you want to show up for that but to represent what we do here at in the black podcast to show your people to show all the white folks at your job that you are down with us you can buy some shirts you can buy some shirts yeah. there's a bunch of swag you can do man and i'm gonna tell you honestly this is not a you know cheesy plug but it is a high quality product sincerely i'm still rocking mine that i bought a couple years ago it hasn't faded it hasn't shrunk uh like you know if you buy some chunks from rolling martin that joint gonna shrink up like it's ascot <laughs> so you want to be careful where you buy stuff at stay away from them them four-letter cats the ados folks they don't have anything but drama so nothing just, positive for you over there either my guy nothing so just come through over there either. hang out with us man we got good stuff over here no doubt no doubt now tonight our guest is actually an economist she i want to say she's world renowned but i don't give aka's that much credit to be very honest with you uh me shooting blanks. what what happened what happened I'm, I, I, anyway, let me introduce. Please, let me introduce to you, economist Dr. Chrissy Scott. Dr. Scott, what's going on? Good evening, y'all, and shout out to my sorors um, out of uh, the Florida Incorporated, Mayor's up sorors, and 
thank y'all for having me tonight. Um. Yeah, we're gonna, uh, we're, yeah, gonna don't, don't, we're gonna edit that part. We're gonna edit that part. Don't screw it up. We're gonna edit that. We're gonna edit that part out. That part is cut. Cut tonight. Cut. <laughs> now we are very familiar with you, Doctor Scott. But please, for our uh, the rest of our audience, for those listening, for those watching, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Doctor Christy Scott. I'm a PhD level economist, um, and I'm a public servant uh, working with the federal government. So actually, I'd like to share this disclaimer. Um, the thoughts that I share with you tonight are of my own as I'm here in a personal capacity and not a professional capacity. And they do not necessarily reflect the beliefs of the Office of Man Management and Budget or the federal government or the current uh, administration. I received my PhD um, about seven years ago from the University of Georgia in consumer economics where I studied um, sort of consumer behaviors. And um, that comes on the heels of obtaining an MBA in 2010 from Benedictine University and a Bachelor of Science in Agribusiness and Applied Economics from the Ohio State University. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been in public service since I finished my PhD, so since 2015. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. We wanted to make sure that we had the big brains on to help us talk about the economy. And honestly, why black folks outside of paying bills should really give a fuck and what they should know, okay? Um, I'm gonna let Big Al go ahead and start it off with the first question for tonight. So go ahead, Al. As high as things are, right, <laughs> we're constantly complaining about gas, rightfully so, right? Complaining about gas, uh, going to the grocery store, food is, food prices are skyrocketing. Uh, products that we typically don't have access to or have access to, we don't have access to any longer. Things are costing more, and we hear this term inflation thrown out consistently. And then with us being moving towards the height of the political season, it's being thrown out that President Biden is ultimately responsible for uh, inflation, for the way. And I think what I'm asking is, can you just basically explain what inflation is? Who's responsible for it? And any tips and advice that you can give uh, poor working class folks on how to navigate when the inflation situation is what it is? Certainly. So inflation is one of those tricky things that when we hear it, we kind of run around in the panic. Oh my gosh, it's inflation. But um, in my personal experience, I don't know if you all remember, um, but shortly after Obama was um, elected, um, we were in a very similar spot. And so inflation is a function of our economy and it happens almost cyclically, right? I won't, I won't say on a certain time frame, but the point is we've been here before. And the good news is that we won't be here forever, right? So inflation in itself is defined as sort of the rate at which prices of goods and services increase. Or you can think about it as the power of your dollar decreasing such that it impacts the prices of goods and services 
in, in a way that they increase. So your dollar can't buy you what it would have bought you years ago. Y'all might remember, I, I feel like we're all sort of in the same age group or generation, but y'all remember the 25 cent bag of chips? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No more 25 cent bag of chips, right? That's sort of more of a long-term inflation, um, but what tends to sort of um, rattle people is this um, really quick spike in prices, right? And inflation is essentially the rate at which those prices increase. So if it's a really fast rate, then people get shaken a little bit. Um, so that's what it is. Well, I mean, then I, I, what I'm really curious about at that point then is, you know, what are the factors that contribute to that who does it who's responsible who's responsible whose fault, who's fault who's is it yeah um the, 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 bad news, the bad news is that there isn't one person responsible for inflation um in fact so before you can before you continue so what you're saying is that politicians are inaccurate when they attempt to blame either party for inflation or is that is that accurate but is that the truth but not accurate i'm gonna what causes what factors influence inflation okay because part of that is a little bit true but it's a spin on it so there are a few things that um impact inflation um consumption or demand and that impacts it the largest <laughs> about 60% of overall gross domestic product is consumption and demand, okay? And then we think about investments. We think about government spending, which to your point is kind of where the finger pointing happens. And then net exports, right? And that speaks more to our global economy. So there are a lot of people, right, that um, have a hand, um, us included, that's included as we are consumers. Um, because remember, consumption and demand is the largest part. And so a lot of people have their hand in the cookie pot, right? Um, the cookie jar. And so um, that's essentially what what impacts um, what impacts inflation. I'm gonna dig in on the consumer, uh, the consumption slash demand. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. So um, and what I'll tie in is a little bit of the global economy because none of these things operate in a silo. Gotcha. They all kind of talk to one another in different ways. And so it makes it hard to say this is the thing. Yeah. Mm. So what I was able to observe is that uh, during COVID, there were a few things that happened. Um, unemployment kind of spiked. Right. Mm -hmm. um, then there were stimulus checks and people were inside for a long time. Sure. And uh, the United States in particular was doing what it had to, what it felt like it needed to do to try and wrap its arms around COVID, which COVID being a global pandemic impacted the global supply chain mm -hmm. very severely and so you kind of have this lockdown happening and people have pent up energy 
to go spin. And then we were outside. And when we got outside, we went out yeah. on the plane. We did so many trips, right? We were outside spending money. Um, and so what that what happened there was that consumption or demand was like the roller coaster going up. Right. It was almost it was so it was so steep. Um, but supply at that time um, or during that time was not increasing at the same rate. Mm-hmm. And so, again, if you think of supply of goods, for example, we we operate in a global economy. Mm-hmm. How many people have ordered things and they still have not gotten them on the boat? <laughs> Right. Sure. So, so you've got this um, this impact of of the global supply chain, such that the supply becomes um, tempered, if you will, but the demand is taken off. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Let's let's take a step back. Okay. Um, during the lockdown goods were still being produced maybe not at the rate as they were before then but they were still being produced right so my thought would be that there would be a stockpile goods piling up or accumulating that should have been able to catch up to the demand but before you know you turn around and cpi is like for everything yeah is over the roof right so how did remember u.s production the United States handled handled the pandemic relatively well compared to other global countries, right? And so because the United States largely uh, relies on imports, which which you want to do, we largely rely on imports, um, we kind of have to wait until what's happening from that, from those exporting countries sure. to do what they need to do. Mm, For example, okay. we developed vaccines that were reliable, right? Depending on who you are and who you talk to, some people don't believe that they're reliable, but scientifically they work, right? Sure. We developed those vaccines relatively early. There are countries who do not have Pfizer, they don't have Moderna, yeah. or they do and they don't trust them, right? So even as the pandemic kind of rolls on, we, compared to other countries, we did a pretty good job with wrapping our arms around it, whereas other countries didn't do that. So their exports were really impacted. I'll give you an example. Even with the, uh, aside from the pandemic, we see what's happening between Russia and Ukraine, right? That's important because Ukrainian exports are really suffering right now. Mm-hmm. Two of Ukraine's top exports, if I'm not mistaken, are wheat and corn yep. right and so if 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 two of their num- like their number one and two exports are being impacted you know when you have sort of a, a impact like that in the global economy it's almost like the butterfly effect mm-hmm. right? it doesn't it doesn't seem like it would have such a major effect from this little thing but it does mm-hmm. so we were kind of faced with that. Um, and to your point, Sean, you know, 
we don't necessarily, I, I can't say the rate at which production in other, in the global economy continued during COVID. But what I, I but what I can say is we handled it as a country really well comparatively. Um, and so that makes me think that, you know, production in other countries kind of suffered a little bit. China, mm -hmm. absolutely. Because they sure. shut all the way. We shut down. Just, we kind just of, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right? We kind of shut down. There was no one in their streets, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, then you have that sort of ramp up having to happen. And then, of course, when things get to the ports, you got to have people that work. Yeah. And if you're having a larger influx of things at the ports and you don't have the labor necessarily, yeah. right? That's a bottleneck too. So <laughs> sort of this very complicated um, and frustrating thing, right? I, I, I know Sean's gonna say something about this. I just went to my, <laughs> my sorority regional conference back in April and I ordered our conference bag. This beautiful black, pink, and green handbag. And I was very shenanigans. Happy. Yes, I know. Go ahead. I know. <laughs> so I just got an email that said, I'm not going to get the bag until late September. Mm. But you said you went in April and did it in April. Right. Okay. Right. And so that's sort of an example of what's happening. I was outside, right? I had the you know, the disposable income to purchase this thing. And to be fair, you know, not everyone has- As the disposable income. Right. As the disposable income. But I had that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just, as, I'm the guilty person, right? I have been on the plane more times than I can count. Sean's wife is like, w sit down. Where are you going again? Um, and so, and so I'm, I'm part of, I'm part of the, you know, what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm consuming sure, sure. a lot now because a, um, you know, we're not on the other side of the pandemic, but as a country, we're learning how to live with it. We learn, you know, that you can vaccinate. We learn how and where to mask. We kind of have an idea of high risk versus low risk scenarios and situations and environments. And then we are able to move with that information, right? Mm -hmm. um, we can rob and weave, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, which is a lot different than where we were in March 2020, where we knew sure. nothing, right? Everyone, sure. stop what you're doing, stay home, don't move the nose, don't move the nose. Lifestyle, every package that comes. Et sure, but is part of that? Go, go ahead, go ahead, Maya. Yeah, because I, I want to kind of stay on the, the the trail of trying to explain some of the basics to the folks. So the Federal Reserve is also a a phrase and term and a group of people that we're constantly hearing thrown out when inflation and anything with the economy is mentioned. Can you tell folks what the Federal Reserve is, who they are, what's their responsibility? And, and why they, they should give a fuck? And why? Yes. Yeah. And why should they give a fuck? I was going to yeah, be more. I can totally do that. I actually, yeah. <laughs> I used to work at the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago um, in high school. That was my senior year job. So I can absolutely do that. The Federal Reserve System is sort of the central banking system of the United States. You and I can't go into the Federal Reserve Bank 
and apply for a loan, right? It's the bank for banks. And what they also are required to do um, or expected to do is essentially adjust the flow of money in the marketplace. And they do so by adjusting interest rates. So you all may have heard that recently, mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve um, increased interest rates by 75 basis points. And basically that means they in- increased it by 75% of a percent. Okay. They did that to, to effectively um, impact the inflation that we are uh, experiencing right now. Because like I said, the rate at which the prices are increasing is really, really fast. And because I said that 60% of, about 60% of inflation is affected by consumption, the point of increasing interest rates is to encourage consumer saving as opposed to consumer spending. And that's one of their roles is to maneuver that. When people think about, I know we were talking about inflation. Sure. But I think the larger question is, are we going into a recession? And I think people uh, yeah, are afraid of that. Sure. Right? And so the two things that people are typically concerned about when, uh, when we talk about recession is inflation, right? Or price management. The mm-hmm. goods and services, and then the risk of unemployment. Mm-hmm. So, the Federal Reserve's job, um, particularly what they did, they exercised it, is to adjust the flow of money in the marketplace such that consumers are encouraged to save. And when we save instead of instead of spend, we typically see a decrease in in prices of goods and services. Does that make sense? But when you say adjust the flow, what does that mean? So how do you, in layman's terms, what is that? How do they adjust the flow? And the bigger question is who are these motherfuckers be holding to? Like who are who holds them accountable? The Federal Reserve. Uh, the Federal yeah. Reserve Board of Governors. And they okay. are they are appointed and uh, they are appointed, I believe, by the president, but they are confirmed by Congress. Congress, right. Okay. Okay. Um, so the Federal Reserve is not exactly government, but it's quasi-government. Um, and so when I say impact the flow of money, you can imagine at any point in time, there's so much actual money circulating throughout the economy, right? Sure. And right now, it's a lot because we are outside. And we are All the spending. way outside. We are all the way outside and we are spending. We're spending. Isn't that a good thing, though? Because, I mean, America has America's economy pretty much does exist on consumerism. So it would be good for us to be outside spending the money that we were saving or hoarding during the pandemic. Right. It is good when there when the supply matches the demand. But right now we are in a deficit of supply, Hmm. which is why the prices are up. I was having a conversation with my sister back in Chicago. Um, and this is this is on the topic. And she asked a very similar question a few months ago. She'll be really happy that I'm doing this talk. Um, but my sister used to own a subway. And this is just an illustrative example, okay? She used to own a subway. During the time that 
$5 foot longs were the thing. Y'all remember those? $5 mm, yep, yep, yep. And so I and she said, why is gas? That was her question. Why is gas so high? Right. And I I shared with her, I said, you know, think about when you had your subway. And imagine every single customer that ever came to your subway was standing right outside your door. And they were ready to buy a $5 foot long. And then they got an influx of money from wherever, whether it be a stimulus, they got another job, their income increased, they got, or they had more money available to them. I said, would you increase your foot long to $6 if you knew that they would be just as willing to buy the foot long for a dollar more? If it were at five dollars, she said, "Absolutely." Mm. I said, right. I told her. I said, "The challenge is, you know, again, we're in a global economy. Our gas don't come from DC. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, yeah. and we don't like the gas prices, but we don't like it enough to not consume it." Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're going to complain. At the pump. Yeah, because we ain't got no choice. Don't we yeah. Yeah. Right? We don't like the choices. They don't seem feasible fair. to us. Fair. That's fair. That's do. fair. And That's so fair. typically on the supply side, the prices will reflect what the consumer is willing to do. Sure. Mm. That makes sense. Does yep. that make sense? Mm. Yep. Interesting, so, interesting, interesting. And so we... When, when the Federal Reserve Bank increases interest rates, right, it's supposed to make borrowing, essentially, and an investment by businesses a little less attractive. The investment by businesses side impacts the employment side. But let's talk about the borrowing side. It's supposed to make the borrowing and the spending a little less attractive to consumers such that we decide to pull back on the consumption back on the demand. When we do that, the prices will sort of balance out because the demand is not there. Okay. Do you honestly think that the that it will balance out? I mean, I yes. know that this is a long-term outlook that I'm talking about, but inflation affects us long-term. It's one of the reasons why candy bars don't cost a nickel like they did in our parents' age, right? Where yeah. you're paying, what, $3, $4 for, for a candy bar now. So when we see these prices jump up, let's say, for example, you want to go to you go to the Costco and you want to buy some Tide, and Tide was $9 for the, the family, si uh, family size then, and now it's $13, $14. Companies have already gotten, this is my perception, companies have already gotten a taste of that more money. It's going to be very hard to convince them to relinquish that now that they know that folks can spend that. You get what I'm saying? Right. Unless we pull back on spending it. And so I think over the long term, of course, we'll see inflation. But again, the rate of the increase, right, is not long term sustainable. And so that's the point of, of the Federal Reserve adjusting the interest rates to impact the flow of money in the marketplace. And so if we say, and, and, and to be fair, we see this season, we see seasonality. Sure. In this, sure. Right. 
Because in the summertime, what do people do? They get in their cars, they fill up on gas, mm-hmm. and they road trip. In the wintertime, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nobody, ain't nobody doing that. Yeah, you locked right? in, right? So yeah. we see that happening. That has so it's 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 so um, multifaceted and complex. But I think we will see an impact, and I really think we'll see an impact also because we're not challenged on the employment front right now, right? The the supply of jobs is greater than the demand of jobs right now. And so Mm. because we have that, I think it'll, I think everything will, and I agree, and and the Federal Reserve has said this, that they think things will balance out. I, I was just on a listening to a talk by uh, Federal Reserve President Mary Daly last week, um, and she was sharing these same things. That the point of the uh, Federal Reserve um, Bank is to adjust um, adjust interest rates such that you know we can impact consumer spending. And that happens and it's effective, right? And it, it's going to pull us down. Is it going to pull us down to 1987 pricing? No. no. Right? But we're not going to stay here, right? And so we'll come back down to a doable space, right? And then the, the actual um, increase over time is actually going to start. I'm going to share... Um, just something that she shared last week when she talked about um, typical uh, gross domestic gross domestic product. product. Um, and again, this is talking about you know the supply of goods and services in our economy um, and the and the demand. And right now, um, the the GDP growth rate is really really high. But in a typical non-pandemic year, it's somewhere between high one and a half, maybe to two percent, right? Maybe closer to one point eight to two percent. Um, but there are experts called the blue chip consensus, um, and they actually expect that in twenty twenty three, um, inflation is going to slow back down. Mm. This sort of normal two percent, two to three percent range. Um, and we're not going to see. And actually, I think something just came out earlier this week that um, last month in- inflation slowed. Um, I'd have to find that number, um, but it was actually reported out of the Council um, of Economic Advisors at the White House. So, now how 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 accurate is that? And I don't mean to besmirch you and your colleagues, but the Fed was saying for how long that. It was transitory, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, yeah, now we're, we're oh, so all of a sudden, you just you like you move the goalpost on me. So it's like, do I believe this or do I believe that? And then people are scrambling to get their get their get their money together to take care of their necessities. So yeah, I, I I think you absolutely can because not everyone that works um, in the federal government is uh, a sleazeball. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a political appointee. So actually, the majority of us. Our career staff and we are required to be nonpartisan in our work. Um, and so our focus is essentially the best interest of the, you know, of voters, 
of everyone in the United States, right? Of every citizen, of every person, um, even if you're not a citizen yet. You know, it's in our best, you know, our work is in your best interest. And so the Council of Economic Advisors is no different. Um, I don't work there, but it's no different than what I do. All right, we're going to ask you one of the big questions. Inflation, you're talking about it's going to come down. I, I, I guess I'll I'll wait and see on, on Here we that. go. Here but we the go. big question is really, why the hell is rent so damn high? We just covered a story not too long ago where it was talking about the average on east on each coast right now is $2,000 for what? A, a one-bedroom apartment? Yeah, a studio to a one studio bedroom. apartment, sure. $2,000. It's one thing if milk costs a little bit more, if you know that you can afford rent. But when you can't afford rent and you can't afford milk, that's where problems start. So can, when can we possibly see, if we can possibly see, those prices, prices in housing going down? Yeah. So I think yeah. those are not controlled by consumer trends necessarily. Sort of. Go ahead. Yeah, yes. they are. Um, and to your point, I actually saw that in Jersey City, a one-bedroom is like four grand and a two-bedroom is like six grand a month. It's definitely more than I pay in my mortgage. Um, but here's the thing. Interest rates are high, which means that, you know, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to enter the buying market to purchase a home. True. And so the substitution for that is renting. And... It is my belief that owners know that. Yes. Right. They know that people are not not really able at this time to borrow or to save to meet a three percent or a five percent down payment and borrow three hundred fifty thousand dollars, four hundred fifty thousand dollars toward a home because interest rates are high. Right. This yeah. is sort of. This is sort of what's happening when I mentioned sort of the supply and demand part, right? People are gonna live somewhere. And so we can think of it as those that supply rental housing are able to really capitalize off of that. Now, in my very humble opinion, when that changes is when entering the home purchasing market, when that barrier to entry lowers. When that barrier to entry lowers and people say, you know what, I'm going to go buy me a house. I don't have to deal with this. Then the demand for rent drops. And when the demand for rent drops, the price drops. Okay. I mean, and maybe I'm. The demand slow. is much higher now because people can't buy. Thank you. There we go. I am, I right. am, a, I am a layman, but I'm going to yeah. say this. I think yeah. that it, when you renting property renters, know that consumers don't have a choice. You can't afford to purchase a home and you have to live somewhere. You're not going to a shelter. So you're going to be forced to pay what they offer you to pay. Yes. Once you've done that for a while, you, for lack of a better description, you've set a precedence, right? You set the bar, sure. And I don't know necessarily if the housing market is ever really that attractive that you say, okay, well. Of course it. it is. We just left from it. When the interest rates were like 2%, people were refinancing, I refinanced, people were refinancing, people were like, I'm gonna get in before. Actually, my boyfriend and I, we bought this house at the end of last year 
we got in right before interest rates increased. Started right? hiking. Started hiking, right? And, you know, there is the, that point does come, right? The interest rates kind of go back down when the consumer spending and the demand pulls back. It, it sounds, it's frustrating and it sounds confusing because it's like chicken or the egg, which, which one? Yeah. And, you know, they kind of both work together. And so it does happen because I, I too am a landlord. I am renting my house in DC to a tenant, right? And, you know, if I can't find a tenant because my available pool of tenants, they're all buying a house because the interest rates came down and they can now drop your your prices. I have to become more competitive on the Mm. rent side. Right? I have to. I can't continue to, I can't say, well, my rent is $3,500. It is, it's not $3,500. But I can't, I can't be that extreme and say that when there aren't there aren't the pool of people to actually rent at that right? Mm -hmm. If I lower that and say the rent's 2,500, I can probably capture, you know, more folks that, that would, that would rent. Um, But that's when that happens. It, we literally just saw it happen earlier this year in, in, you know, in the second half of last year. Okay. All right, in, in dummy terms, what can working class people do to prepare or make sure that they're not caught holding the short end of the stick during this whole process, right? right. Many of our listeners are working class folks that don't, that didn't don't go have the, the disposable income and all those and things. All things. Yeah, so, sure. yeah, so how do they, how do they catch up? How do they survive this? Because this is, because they're not currently, the, not even just that they're not, but I think Part of that is the fact that it happened, it appeared to happen so quickly. It caught a lot of people off guard. So much went became expensive right away. And I guess so the question is, should it have caught so many people off guard? Shouldn't we folks have kind of expected this to be? Maybe not. At, maybe not to this extreme. All right? in unprecedented times for us, for our lifetime. It, you know, none of us have been in a global pandemic before. There are a few people who were around during the Spanish flu. And maybe yeah, they, Sean. Sean right? was around. Maybe they, <laughs> <laughs> um, you were here. Um, <laughs> no, that, that was Phil. Never, Phil was around. never been here, right? Sure. And so I think it's fair to say that um, that it, it caught people off guard because when else in our lifetimes, in our history, did we abruptly stop going outside so quickly? Mm. Right, and then sort of abruptly start going outside. <laughs> so quickly, with all of the pent up, we're we're consuming people, right? And so we have that pent up. I mean, I was on Amazon a lot. That was me. But uh, there were people who weren't. There were people who prefer to be, you know, be outside, go to the restaurant, go to the movies, take a flight, do this, do that. Um. So you know. Maybe a little bit. I don't. I don't think. So. I, I don't think it's fair to say that um, we should have expected it like this because these sure. are very unprecedented times for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sean, can you repeat your question? What should working class people do? What should What should working class people do? Um, 
my very humble recommendation, save to the extent that you can, mm. make substitutions to the extent that you can, which will allow you to save. Substitute. Say that one more time. Save to the extent that you can. Sure. And make substitutions to the extent that you can. Substitutions in the things that we consume, right? Sure. Services and or goods. Um, mm. And so that may mean canceling the gym membership through the end of the year or for the year and Dang. doing some home workouts, going to walk the neighborhood, going to run, run sure. to the neighborhood. That may mean canceling your Spotify or Apple Music or, you know, or one of those. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. That may mean moving from K-cups to loose coffee and using reusable K-cups. That may, like, small no, things like sure. that could be impactful. That may mean, you know, to the extent that you can utilize public transportation, doing that as opposed to driving. That may mean in the, in the wintertime, maybe you don't crank up the heat. Maybe you put on an extra layer. Like there are there are substitutions that we can do um, that really, I think, help us save. And, and I'd say that. I'd say save to the extent that you can and substitute to the extent that you can. Um, do, do you or your colleagues currently have, I know you guys are always dealing in patterns, do you or your colleagues have a uh, idea, perception, theory of when all of this may come to an end? An end? Oh, you. Said no, I, I mean, not. A, I, I mean, I'm oh, not naive to the point. This is a complete end, right? When we're going to start actually coming, like when it's going to plateau. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I believe um, Mary Daly mentioned. Um, I would agree with with. Uh, Mary Daly and um, the other um, experts um, in uh, the uh, in the uh, with the blue chip consensus that 2023 will will see some relief. I would actually say we're probably going to see a little bit of relief come winter time, um, fall slash winter, and I think that's gonna. I think the cyclical nature of the of the market is gonna sort of usher us into 20 what they expect to see in 2023 and in the winter time with the exception of christmas you know um we we sort of see a decline in in consumption um so i think we'll i think we'll see a little bit of that in the winter hmm. maybe after labor day well thank you for the good news yeah, it's in there somewhere. You gotta something. Uh, you gotta dig you know, for it a little bit. But you know. but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, for you know, for my work, um, I, I go. I I am fortunate that I I don't have to go into the office every day. I do go in one day a week, um, but I've had to drive because they closed down five metro stations on my line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And. It is a supreme inconvenience to drive. I do not like it. I don't. I I am going to the gas station a lot more. I mean, I prefer the train. You sound real bougie right now. You <laughs> you about to get to do with the top hat to come out for you, AKAs to drive you to work. Is that what we try to do? That's what, that's what she's petitioning for today on this show. I don't want to do it. I, and, 
it's not the other. It's not like I, I prefer to drive my own car. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to do that. And it's costing yeah. me too much. I have to pay for parking every time I go down. I don't want to do that. It's yeah. and I'm like frustrated with people. On mm-hmm, I don't want to do that. I want to people watch. I want to read my book. I want to listen to Beyonce in my AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> my lord 44 <laughs> minute mark you can <laughs> yeah, cut that cut that right there all right one more question and i think we can let you go the last time that we had our conversation we did talk about trickle down economics right and i think now with and you correct me if i'm wrong you're the expert with more progressive candidates coming to the forefront there is a one there's a belief that that doesn't that that doesn't didn't work and two there is a new perception of what economics for day-to-day people should look like one can you explain what trickle-down economics is and then two what what's what cycle or what theory i guess you could say are we in now if it's not trickle down because i mean what trickle down didn't People say it didn't end until Obama came into office, which I don't know if that's necessarily accurate, but I'll, I'll let you talk on it. But the last administration really, um, I'll say they they would, they believe more in that. And, and trickle-down economics is, is really doing things like creating tax cuts for employers such that mm-hmm. they have enough money to hire more working class people. And the idea is that through the goodness of their hearts, <laughs> they're going to take those cuts and hire, right? Um, mm. And so currently, that's not where we are. Currently, the power is at the consumer level. Is that it's it's, it's thinking about what goes into the market is less about what the executives at companies who create jobs are able to do or what they'd be willing to do. And it's more about making things possible for working class people and really believing that the working class people are the engine of the economy as opposed to the top CEOs and execs creating jobs being the engine of the economy. Um, And so that's where we are now. I think that's why we saw, I think, what was it? Three rounds of stimulus checks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's why we saw a very long pause in um, student loan payments, federal student loan payments. Not long enough, but I dig it. I mean, if I could put in a special request, I maybe two and a half years. Um, that's why we saw the tax holiday on gas, right? Because the your everyday working class people are the engine of, and that's that's the opposite belief of trickle down, right? That sort of. Fill it in from the bottom, if you will. And if, okay. 
So the, oh. the the argument that you get on the opposite side from that is that we can't spend our way out of our problems, right? But for many working class folks that are struggling, that need the assistance, to hear that just sounds asinine because you're taking my taxes, but you're not putting the money back into the system. Yeah, right. it's just yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Do you, in your in your personal opinion, because we know that you're not the avatar tonight of the federal government, do you think that we can find the funds, that America can find the funds, or has the funds, I should say, to be able to help poor working class folks to get out of some of these doldrums? We, we just talked about... <laughs> we just talked this, about student loans. This is loans. the question here. Yeah, we just talked about student <laughs> loans. We talk, yeah. We, we looked at student loans. We're talking about the 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 mortgage moratorium or the rent moratorium. All of these things were helping folks. Yeah, go ahead, and let her answer the question, like, bro. We, we, we I'm yeah. just I, I'm feeling it in yeah, my heart. Yeah, tonight, no, because she's on the edge of her seat. I'm on the edge of mine. We want to hear the answer. Okay, okay, go okay, ahead and be quiet. Go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Doc. Please. Well, my PhD is in consumer economics, so the answer to that is I believe that it'll be it'll be through us. Right, that um, that we see that we see change in us. I mean, consumers. Um, I can't say whether whether or not I believe the money is there. Um, the The house actually holds the purse, um, and so you know that's a that's a question for Nancy Pelosi right now. Um, on, no, we didn't bring you on here to do that ducking is. and diving. Come it on, is. man. It is. It's, it's a question for her. But I think that personally, if we've not seen things collapse in this time, then I think that we can do things like forgive the student loan debt. We can do things like, you know, maybe we can't do a long-term um, tax holiday on gas, right? But we can do things that impact the the price per gallon, right? Um, when it comes to imports, sure. Um, and so I, I think that there's space. There's definitely space to do that. Um, I am not of the mind that we just here and best of luck, you know, sink or swim. Um, I am of the mind that you know a rising tide helps all the boats. And so, um, so I think that, you know, I think that there, there could definitely be space, be space to do that. Um, and, and what I can share is that, um, I don't know if you all were following the, the recent, um, Inflation Reduction Act and kind of what's, go, what's mm -hmm. in that, um, and that it passed the Senate, thank goodness, mm -hmm. um, that did not come. That was just that was just a test vote, right? It's not the the final the final vote, right? It passed the Senate, but it needs to pass the House, yeah. and it'll likely pass the House because the Dems um, have the control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but in that in that bill, there's a lot that basically says like there's even um, a provision, I believe, and I don't want to speak incorrectly that um taxes the way that wealthy people um how they earn money because right now there's a way that they that they're able to earn money that goes untaxed mm -hmm. that's a lot it's a lot y'all 
And so um, in addition to things like that, there are things more in my wheelhouse in the bill, like putting a cap on prescription drugs for Medicare and things like that. Like, unfortunately, the cap on prescription drugs for private health insurance, which is my wheelhouse, did not pass. I have feelings about that. Um, Mm. But there's a lot in there that does exactly what Sean's asking. Um, And so as soon as it passes the house, it'll go to Biden's desk and he's going to sign it. Um, Because, like I said, there's a really um, big focus and interest on um, helping working class people. Dr. Christy Scott, we want to thank you for taking the time out to kick it with us knuckleheads and giving us a little bit of insight into what the economy looks like today. Do you, if you want to share where people can find you or find your work or whatever the case is, please lay it on us. Well, um, you can find me on Twitter at it's K Scott, I T S K S C O T T. Um, and I try and post on there every now and again, um, but I'm not that good at it. Um, you you won't really find my work um, because I definitely work behind the scenes. But if you want to check the contributors to the president's budget every year, my name is always there. <laughs> That's great reading material, by the way. Uh, <laughs> great, great reading material. I highly recommend it. And look at the health insurance um, my my work is is buried in there somewhere. Okay, no doubt. We appreciate it. Is this something that you always wanted to do? Like, did you grow up wanting to do this shit? Like, you know, is that you know what's crazy? When I was little, I wanted to be a pediatrician. Okay. And I didn't know I wanted to be an economist actually until <laughs> my third year in my PhD program. I didn't. What? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know <laughs> because I think I. I think I just. I went to get my PhD to help answer the question about why Black folks were dying so much more quickly than any other race, and why we were dying sure. so much earlier. Sure. Um, ho, 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 ho. You went to God, get your PhD you... to answer the question, your PhD yeah. in economics to answer yeah. the question. On... I did that because, because I wanted to do it at the intersection of something I loved and something I was good at. And the thing that I love is food. And the thing that I'm good at is econ. And so I went to this consumer econ program and studied consumer behavior. And my dissertation was actually on obesity. And so, um, and and sort of the perception of access to healthy foods. We can talk about sure. that. Mm-hmm. But you can actually Google that dissertation. It's published. Um, that's good reading. Um, but, sure. but you know, I, I thought I expected to teach because most people with PhDs go and teach. And sure. I was preparing for my comprehensive exams, um, which is a very rigorous three-day um, <laughs> Doubt. Um, it's a, and and um, and I remember thinking, this thing that I'm doing, that I'm preparing for right now, I'm doing all of these sort of drawing the demand curves, the cost curves, the mm-hmm. income control. I was mapping those things, and I was like, does somebody do this and get paid for it? Like, and I, I just started googling. I was like, do people do this? And 
there I saw that that's what an economist does. And particularly the federal government hires a lot of economists um, to do different things. So that's how I got here, essentially. I didn't go in doing health insurance. I went in doing um, food. (laughs) Fascinating story. Fascinating. But, but there's not a there's not a lot of economists that look like you. No, so how do you I, one, how do you battle that? And two, what would you say to somebody? Are you saying like, black? Is that what we're saying? Here? I'm saying I'm saying okay, the whole gamut. Okay. The black and female. Clear. There's not black and no, female. no, I'm okay. I'm glad you did. Bro, listen, the yeah. Black black and female. There's not too many that look like you. So what do you what would you one, what are the downfalls or the pitfalls that you I guess that you've come across, if any? And two, what would you say to a little girl that says that she likes she likes money, she wants to find out how all that she works? Yeah. My biggest downfall, and I still struggle with it, um, and Shun, your wife, really helps me with this, um, is um, imposter syndrome. Mm. You know, even, you know, with the idea of coming back on the show and talking about, you know, the the economy, um, I was like, I can recommend someone else, but I, I don't know. I don't know enough. Mm. Um and and wow. you know Sean's wife was like, didn't you? Isn't your PhD in consumer economics? And I was just like, oh yeah. And so I, <laughs> <laughs> what happens is I get into the space and then I rattle off all this stuff and then I go, oh wait, I did know that. Mm. Um, and so mm. the biggest challenge is imposter syndrome because the people yeah. that are in, of the majority in this field will make you believe that what you know is not accurate um, and they will make you doubt yourself a lot. Mm. And so there have been young black women um, who have entered into my former PhD program after me that I very happily mentored and supported and we're still very close to this day. Um, And one of the things that I do is I tell them, A, it is your PhD to get. These faculty have their PhD already. So throw whatever bows you need to throw, but it's yours to get. Um, and the other thing is to do talks like this so that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a young girl says, I'm really good at math. Like, what can I do? Yeah, 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 do yeah. Um, and that we can do that and, and uh, professionally and at a high level, and we can do it in public service and we can do it in private industry and get mm-hmm. But, you know, there are spaces for us and, and there are so many women paving the way. Um, one of the newest um, appointed Federal Reserve governors is a black woman. Mm. She's an economist. And so um, so we're out there. You know, we have our own um, we have our own community. There's actually a group of black women economists that created something called the Sadie Collective after Sadie T. Alexander. She was the first black woman to um, get her PhD in economics. Um, And we we're I mean, it's a small group, but but we're out there. I am a member Um, and we have we have a little bit of a community. I went out and I sought out this community because it was. I, I ended up seeking it after my PhD. It was nothing that was presented to me during my PhD program. My sure. PhD program was very trailblazing for me. Um, so we're here um, and we do have community. I want you to answer the question specifically. Talking, let's say you were talking to 18 year old you, what would you tell her to look out for 
be prepared for or to career-wise. Yeah. I would tell her to ignore the naysayers and believe the people who love you. Mm. I guess that answers it all. Dr. Christy right. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time out once again. We really appreciate it. I'm so um, glad that Sean's wife has friends because we would have never got one of Sean's friends to be able to come and do what you just did. I mean, matter of fact, we're here already, so I don't know. There's, there's no one else that he could call. Uh, <laughs> kudos to your wife, dude, for having quality friends and you should take some lessons and maybe you can <laughs> your friend game up but Dr. Scott, you know what, thank you for you know what they say with friends like you I don't need those other you don't need an enemy bro no no not even not even I got you covered both ways <laughs> I want to thank you guys for checking out another episode of the in the back podcast you could have been anywhere else in the world but you chose to kick it with us and we really appreciate it make sure you follow us across social media at in the black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Uh, come on over to our Patreon too. You won't regret right. it. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in, in the, the black. black. Peace. This is this is the In the Black podcast. In the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fault fact. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, then you're whack. Intelligent elements always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Resting them my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he, bro. Man, a specialist. No what the podcast broadcast. Y'all mess with this. Like said, they my cheat. Who no do it so effortless? I listen them, I learn. Man, them listen them, I benefit. Reporting, current event. Everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, the scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts. Bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement. Listen to hear intelligent. Body filled with melanin. Power that's so ascendant. Bright in the stars. Bringing some light back to the desolate. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, they punt up. Who looks at watch? Black up here, chat me down. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, we all lost. They will let them count. None of them will count. Just like that, this is